This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hello and welcome to Transcend with Nat. This is Nat, I'm your host, and today I'm in Southern California in Los Angeles here and it is raining this morning. So I have the door open and I'm listening to the rain, something I love to do uh, as I do this episode with you. So I'm gonna probably cover uh, a few different subjects today because um, there's just a few things that have come forward in my consciousness. Number one, so I'm doing this uh, year one University of Santa Monica spiritual psychology class. And in that, we end up reading a lot of books. And uh, not that it's something I don't do usually anyway, um, but there's a lot more uh, like this self-help genre, spirituality genre, um, inspirational genre of type of books. And one of the things, um, and one of them that, that triggered something in me, um, was a concept that I just hear a lot in these, this type of book and this type of, um, area of metaphysics or of, uh, spirituality or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that is that, you can have whatever you want. And if you use these techniques for manifestation, you can have all of your desires. And I'm not disagreeing with that, but I also want to make a point that there seems to me uh, a higher or better path than just getting what using these tools and techniques uh, to have everything you want and to have all of your desires. Um, and I'm not saying that these techniques don't work because I, I do know that you can manifest a lot of things, um, using these techniques. Now, sometimes it won't be on your timeline and you'll put things in motion and then you'll raise your consciousness. Um, and at that point you don't want those things that you thought you wanted before. And that's when they might come in. Uh, to your life. And so it's one of those things where it's called be careful what you ask for because you might just get it. And to keep in mind that the consciousness that you have now may be and hopefully will be um, different than what you may have in the future. And the things that you think you want now may not be the things you want when you actually get them. Uh, and so it becomes really a thing of be, becoming a responsible co-creator with God uh, where you can use these tools for manifestation. You can use um, all, the, which there's many of, and I've even talked about some of that in these episodes, uh, but also really keeping your priorities straight. And to me, that priority, at least for me, has been to do what is for the highest good and for my highest good and the highest good of all concern. Um, and to 
in a way present a blueprint of what I think I want um, and then be open to the guidance inside and be open to, you know, it's almost like this is what I want and I'm going to let it go, you know, this or something better for the highest good. And I move myself into a place of receptivity where I'm, I'm looking to see if, if that is, uh, if that is something that is for my highest good, as I may take steps to go forward and see, lean into it, um, and see the feedback that I get inside of me and outside of me. Um, sometimes, and that's part of the discerning. Sometimes, uh, the feedback outside isn't positive right away, uh, but internally, you know, it's on purpose. So you just keep going, keep going, keep going uh, through. It's like, you know, when you have actors who, you know, they they don't have they don't get the job and they get rejected, but they still know that it's on purpose for them to continue. And so they keep going out and keep getting rejected um, until they get that a job. Well, so, you know, the. And in that process, there's obviously plenty of tools and techniques to use to bring forward that. So um, I even had that experience recently where I was looking at doing something and then I had a dream that whatever that was, it represented to me that that was no longer... Um, it basically was destroyed in the dream. And so it was like, it was cleared, like whatever that, what I was putting forward for that and in that direction, um, I was also looking, you know, what is, what is the highest good and energetically something lifted from that dream, at least in my experience of it at this point, uh, which brings me to another thing, which, uh, relates to dreams and, in my class at, at the University of Santa Monica, which I'm taking, uh, one of the things that happened this last weekend was I was invited to do a workshop through the University of Santa Monica to create a workshop and to um, present it through the university, which uh, Ron and Mary extended to me, who run the university. And I'm very grateful, so stay tuned because I'm, I'm looking at doing that. And uh, it's probably going to be about dreams. And because a lot of the time with JR, um, with John Roger, my spiritual teacher, for those of you who are new, I lived and worked with him for many years. And I got to bring my dreams to him. And it was one of the trainings that I learned was how to really use dreams to access and tap into um, that inner wisdom to the other levels. And, uh, and sometimes, uh, I, my dreams can be very vivid and I can wake up, <laughs> I can wake up swinging, um, at times. And it's definitely, uh, scared the bejesus out of many a roommate when we used to travel around, we travel around the world and there'd be other people on staff who, um, I ended up rooming with at times and on different trips. And so I just, sometimes they would, they would get really freaked out because I'd end up screaming in the dreams cause I was dealing with, uh, with things in the dreams that were really disturbing. So 
there are there are those type of dreams as well and there are experiences one of the things um now that you know now that i'm thinking of all these things about dreams i there are times when beings come into the room while i'm sleeping uh and sometimes i physically in my dream but also my physical body gets up to fight them because there or yells at them and screams and people get really freaked out and then sometimes though it's it's not uh quite that drastic um but traveling around the world there'd be different kind of beings that would come into the room and that that was something that it was uh it's part of the inner or or the nighttime experiences and travels i i wouldn't even classify those really as dreams as really more um awarenesses and experiences uh, because i i was aware of the room i was aware of where i was uh and and just at a different level and that's something that uh, i learned and i experienced um in different a lot of different ways that that idea of just moving up from the body and being aware uh, of what's going on in in the room so something to look forward to uh for me and hopefully for some of you if you're interested uh stay tuned because i'm sure we'll be putting it out as soon as we you know there's a bit of work to do to actually create the thing in the first place and then let you know when it's happening uh so that's exciting and also the the other thing that uh is going on for me is this coming weekend and i'll try to get this episode out in the next day or two so it will be actually this weekend i was invited uh, by a friend by mahani to do a um, to give a presentation she's doing a few day uh, deep immersion healing retreat and having a lot of different healers and different people meditation and things of that nature um, come and and give do lead meditations lead uh, different types of classes and so she offered me to do one so I'm doing one on the detoxing of the inner environment and of uh, just a different look of health in terms of um, letting go of blocks in the consciousness and to do that one of the so I'm going to give a I'm going to start the workshop by giving just a an overview of uh, some different concepts of health and some of that was actually I got inspired by uh, things that were brought up when I did my interview, my last interview with Sahadi, and then uh, which you can get it's last it will be the last episode um, before this one. And the other thing I was actually looking for something on um, on what I talked about right at the beginning, which which was about the manifestation, about being careful what you ask for, and all of that, and. I actually ran across something that fit really right in with um, the the this idea of, of clearing and letting go of things in the inner environment and how that how that affects our body and whatnot. So um, amazingly, I came across that with a JR seminar, and it's called "Cutting Materialistic Attachments and Opening Your Spirit." And so I'm going to actually play an excerpt from that which um which 
gave me a couple more keys to the the process that I'll be doing in the class this weekend uh, because I created a process, of, you know, using these tools of letting go of stuff in the consciousness. And so um, this really this really gave me another inspiration. So I just wanted to share it with you because uh, to share with you some of my inspiration and some of the things that I think are amazing that that because um, Jared just has to me a way he's an amazing communicator and has a way of, of communicating these things very clearly. So here, let me play this for you. We should never give any power over to anybody. We always maintain it, but we always listen for advice and guidance. We never give somebody control of our life nor tell them, kill my life or take it when you want to. Even the, a very subtle statement of that, like, honey, you decide, is kill me on some level. Where it's like, honey, you decide, and then let's see if I can go along with it, is communication and consensus building. As long as the thoughts came up, then what happened is you have the emotional of retention of the negativity. Then you have to mature the emotion. We can digress ourselves back. I think I did a tape on this. Where you go back and you look and you take yourself back there and you start to fill it with light. And, well, what you have to do is you do it till it lets go. Um, there are a lot of tricky techniques to use in the imagination of the mind that fool the emotions because they're often, the emotions are based upon a lot of fantasy. And uh, you, a person who's doing emotions and fantasy, you can't really detect their fantasy from what really happened because inside them it's recorded in the same place. So when they tell it to you, that's why you can't tell a pathological liar or somebody who really feels that what they believe and said is true, you can't pick it up on a lie detector because it's recorded as so in the same place. So you treat that as though it did happen. And uh, you go back inside. One thing is you, you apologize to yourself for carrying it so far. You forgive yourself for negativity with it, like I really forgive myself for negativity with it. And then you ask yourself for permission to open that for clearing. Like I ask, I want permission to open this and clear it. And you drop back and say, I want to have this shown to me, not to reconstruct. I want to have this shown to me in a way such as that I may clear the emotion from it and gain the wisdom of the experience but not be embedded down with emotional negativity. Sometimes you get a blank. So you start over again, like, I'm sorry I did this to me. I forgive myself. I want permission to go in to this level. I want it cleared. It may say, don't ask for level seven years old. It really happened also when you were five. You go, whoa, okay, I want five. Five clears and six and seven fall over like dominoes. And then you just feel them clicking in through different things through your life. And you get up here, you go, God, that happened in about 15 seconds. That whole thing lifted off a whole area. And it's remarkable how it can happen. It's called the core belief system, not necessarily the core truth system, because the truth will always set us free, but beliefs don't necessarily. Now, the beliefs change to action can, moving on them physically. Going back in your mind is, in a way, moving on it physically, because you're going to try to find where in your body is that repository stored. And you can ask yourself, can you indicate to me, to my body, where you are located. And you may feel a pain in the stomach. You go, whoa, I wonder if that's it. Don't even question. Just take it that that's it. If it isn't, you haven't lost anything. If it is, you're on it. So that 
is the excerpt I wanted to share with you from Cutting Materialistic Attachments and Opening Your Spirit by John Roger. And you can get that full seminar at msia.org if you would like. And um, there's a lot of valuable stuff in it. So just the idea um, in terms of, well, first I actually really liked what he said just in terms of um, the communication versus giving up your power. And, uh, and I think that that's something that we can all look at, especially in our relationships. But then in terms of letting go of these, these things, a lot of that work is um, going back. And I, and I really liked how he discussed how he, how he looked at it in terms of, um, in terms of the process, not only of bringing the light in, um, but of asking uh, to for it to be shown um, and actually instead of having it reconstructed um, to me that's that's just a, like a really great differentiation uh, so that it's just shown to be cleared versus being reconstructed to go back into it um, and so I'm definitely going to be using uh, re-listening to that a few times and using um, adding a few tools from that into the process for this coming weekend. And if, and I'll also put it on my site so that if you want to, if you happen to be, it's in Malibu. Um, and if you happen to be in town and, and want to join, there is like day passes. So you don't have to do the full, uh, the full retreat and you can come and do the workshop. Uh, I'd love to have you. Uh, so this is um, then the, actually the, the next part of this uh, seminar, I think, is also really great, too, um, because and it, and it deals with uh, death, the process of death and dying, and especially what we can do as people are who are close to us or our friends, our family, our loved ones um, are dying and how we can be of loving service to them in that transition period. Um, and because, and like I said, I'm all over the place in this episode, and there's a, there's a lot of different subjects here, but this one also of what Jair was saying about it, um, just about of demonstrating that you're there for someone uh, is really, really a wonderful thing. And then the other thing, he brought up was was closure um, and he mentioned that you'll be hearing and mentioning that um, basically what I got from is there, there's nothing unsaid or undone that that you felt that you needed to do um, that there's like no regrets about that and so to me you know a lot of people I find they think like there's a lot of thoughts about closure and to me, closure doesn't mean that you're going to have, you're not going to be devastated and you're not going to be upset and not going to be grieving and not going to really be dealing uh, with all that comes with loss. The, the closure more is that, well, there's nothing, um, if they are around that, you know, there's nothing else that you haven't said that you need to say or, or nothing that you would want to do that you haven't done um, in relationship to that person. And so... That's something to consider as just as any time as you go through life, you know, as as you relate to those that you love um, 
And although, of course, at times, you know, we end up in fights and we end up in doing this and that. Um, but just that the important things, it's just a reminder that the, if there's something you need to tell someone, uh, just go ahead and tell them in terms of, especially in terms of the loving, um, in terms of letting someone know how much you care about them and how much you love them and what they mean in your life. And uh, it's just a great reminder sometimes it's not so much the, to me, it's not always like the issue resolution. Uh, sometimes it's just letting someone know how much you actually care. Because sometimes that's what we forget. Um, and sometimes it is the, the issue resolution and the other types of things. Uh, but anyway, so that's my thoughts on that for the day. And I'm just going to finish this uh, by playing another excerpt from this seminar. Uh, from JR. And after the seminar, I'll just, uh, I'll leave it at that. You can always go to moms and pops and say, have you had anybody die? Like, uh, how did you handle it when your father or your mother died? How did you handle it inside? And they say, why are you asking? Say, well, mom, there's a chance that you're going to die before I do. And I haven't had a lot of experience in that field. And I really don't know how to go about it. And so you come to them seeking advice and wisdom from their experience. It's amazing the wisdom and the cap of knowledge they can put on and just deliver this beautiful thing to you. When I asked my mom about this, and I said, you know, how did you handle it when your mother and father died? And she said, well, when my mother died, she says, I was just devastated because she was such a beautiful woman. And, but I got over that when my father married again. But she could never be the original grandma, and I said, did I know her? She said, oh, yes. So she proceeded to tell me about my knowing my grandmother. When she told me, it seemed like I knew that, but I wasn't really too sure that I did. I still, at this point, I'm not too sure because I don't know where fantasy and reality are because they're sitting in the same place. So I just say, well, they're both real. And she explained that um, this was like 15 or 20 years, maybe longer than that, after her mother died, do you? I said, do you still miss her? She said, oh, yeah, I'll always miss her. I said, why? She said, because I loved her so much. And I said, how about uh, your dad? She says, well, after mom died, she says, I was sort of more prepared for, I knew he was going to die, and I remembered him. Uh, she said it was a lot easier. And I thought, hmm. Then it came along, my mother died first, then my father. When my mother died, it was like, whoa, what a hard one. She wasn't supposed to, but my dad was scheduled to. Then when he died, it was very easy because she was the hardest one. Do I still miss them? Right now. I hope I always miss them. But it's not a sadness because I did closure. I don't have anything where I say, oh, I wished I would have or could have because I was a little shit about doing it. And most of my one of them knows I loved them and I cared for them and never wanted to do anything to dishonor them. And they let me know if I did dishonor myself, not them. <laughs> That's my folks. And, you know, there was a lot of humor with that. Nevertheless, some people miss out of the needy desperation and most of us miss because of the good times. Mine are the good times. So when I think of them, I think of them as the good times. So they're nostalgia, like really great nostalgia with me. 
Uh, do I miss them? Yep. See, I think one, probably one of the greatest disservices that we do, man's inhumanity to man, is that probably the thing that is, we're all going to do is die. And the thing that we fear is not the dying, but the how we're going to go about the dying. And I made it a point many times with, with my friends who were dying that when they were like real close, I hopped right in bed with them and held them. You hop in bed with them or you hop in the chair with them and you hold them like the baby. Um, it's always wonderful. If we knew somebody was going to do that to us, would hold us no matter what until we went across. And the others could stand around and touch and all, that's great. It's something I think that would take away that ignorance. Who will be there for me, really? Will I be in an old folks home? Will I be in a nursing home? Will I be abandoned? Will I die on the street? And it's like, the location's not important. How will I feel about that? That's important. After you die, it isn't, but going into it. And so there's this supposed barrier of ignorance that we run as information. And I just think that this holding of somebody, of making it, I'm there for you on all the levels. And I just think holding, like holding your mom. It's like, Mom, come sit in my lap. I've never held you. You held me. Let me hold you. Now, if she's a big lady. Maybe go sit next to me. <laughs> the practicalness we're dealing with here. And see, I know that touching a person opens their spirit. And while you're talking to mom, one thing you'd want to talk to is the spirit of your mom, the trueness, not the who she's expressed herself as because those are usually the falsenesses. And touch that. And she may cry one final time and have it over with because somebody opened the spirit and let it come through. When we haven't finished grieving, um, we're going to grieve. I've grieved with other people for their losses until they got in touch with it and then the thing just healed. It's a very, it's like deep, deep hurt crying. Also, it's spontaneous laughter. And amazing, they can be over it that fast. So that is the end of our episode. Look forward to having you listening next time. I love you all. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.